Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. It is another edition of the Mouth and Off Sports Show here. It is February 25th, 2020, and we have a fully loaded show here for you. We were off last week, just a bunch of stuff going on. We couldn't make it in, but that should be the the only time that happens. Uh, The guys did a Periscope show on Friday with... uh, Friday, yep, which I could not be a part of, unfortunately, but they killed it, knocked it out of the park, and started a new uh, little weekly segment as well where we pick random things, whether it's the baseball world or just our interest, and we do a little little fancy draft between all the boys, just a little little guys being dudes, just having some <laughs> fancy draft fun. You know, who doesn't love a good fancy draft? I mean, we're dying without fancy football, so yeah. you got to get our fix in. Yeah, need something there, need something. Uh, so, Dan Sadek here, alongside Zach Lacey. Um, we may have Jonathan later. We will have Ryan calling in towards the end of the show. But right now, we'll just be uh, two, co- two co-pilots going at it here. A little duo. Yeah, a little duo action. Me and Zach, uh, just a spitball here. We hit the range yesterday. Oh, yeah. Uh, golf is golf is pretty much back. I Golf's mean, back. we got another pretty decent day out here today in beautiful New England. Obviously, that's not going to last too much longer we're still going to get the cold weather but hey we're getting the taste of it and i woke up this morning we hit a big bucket each my hands my (laughs) hands and my wrist like my back feels great my back has never felt better but my hands and just all the muscles in my hands just are screaming at me it is like i go to like grip my phone or something and i just oh like i need to start doing some like hand massage like (laughs) warm-ups or something dude brutal Dude, I went and got out of bed this morning and stand up, and I was like, ooh, my legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the legs. My, my hammies are feeling it. Oh, First man. time swinging a golf club in like five months. Yeah, I mean, I did not anticipate that kind of uh, fatigue. I mean, I am a grandpa, but, you know, it happens. You know, you don't swing a club for a while, and it'll make you pay when you hit, a, you know, several dozen balls i mean it wasn't as many as the guy right next to us who had like three large buckets and was going back for a fourth (laughs) this guy next to us just had his like wireless earbuds in just living the dream and was just cleaning out large buckets of balls (laughs) the dude i mean the dude probably spent at least 30 30 dollars those are ten dollars each who knows if he went in for more after we left i mean that guy was just crushing balls all day i if i if i hit one more ball than i did yesterday I don't even know if I would have made it in. Oh, I, no. Like, the last, I'm, like, 15, I was like, I'm, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Like, w- once I go back to the wedge a, s- a second time on yeah. a large bucket, I'm like, all right, let's just clean these bad boys out real quick. But, yeah, so getting back in the swing of things, pun intended, uh, with the golf game. Love to see that. Love to see some good weather. Masters is coming uh, fast approaching. Um, April huh. will be here before you know it. We're getting all those commercials. You just hear the music, and on ESPN, you see the beautiful green grass down there in Augusta. And oh. Man, it just it hits different. It's a great time of year. It, like Masters golf hits different. It's like you know you, you're just doing like the most iconic major to just get you going, and like every year it's always great. But this year is going to be extra special with Tiger being the defending champion. That's amazing. That that's just the best part. You just. Tiger Woods is the defending Masters champion. Haven't been That's able to something s- you can say. You haven't been able to say that in over a decade. Literally. For any major, not just the Masters, but it's his first major in a decade that he won last year. 
and it's just great. It's great knowing that, you know, yeah, he hasn't had a fantastic start to his year um, on, you know, the tournaments thus far, but I still think that he's really trying to ramp up for the Masters. Oh, yeah. I think he's even, like, quoted as to being, like, yeah, I, I'm ramping up for the Masters here. Like, he, he doesn't want to get burnt out, but for the big ones, I think he'll be ready. I mean, he is one PGA Tour win away from breaking Sam, Sam Snead's all-time record, but the Masters counts as a PGA Tour win, so <laughs> he can kill two birds with one stone, try to catch Jack at 18. Very true. Um, I mean, nobody knows Augusta better than Tiger. Oh, yeah. So as long as his swing's ready, he, he'll know where what positions to put himself in and how best to go shoot at that course. I mean, even a few years ago when he was still going through all going through all the back problems, he still had a top 10 finish at Augusta just because he knows the course so well. Yeah, so. totally. And you can't take that away from him. It's just like the mental aspect for him. Obviously, he's not a 28-year-old guy anymore that, you know, can just out-muscle half, you know, more than half the field. But – you know, that old man wisdom uh, is truly with him here. And as long as he can stay relatively fresh throughout Masters weekend, you know he's going to be right there. And the extra motivation, too, of like, hey, I, I can two-peat this real quick. <laughs> I mean, how iconic would that be? Just in general, because, like, he's been close in other majors, too. Like, you know he gets up for those big time. And also he has the incentive of just, like, yeah, catching Jack and one more win, and I'm past Sam Snead of – most wins all time on the, on the tour, and you know I praying we see it this this summer. I think we will. I don't see him not winning one event yeah. this summer. So, I mean, he won at a golf course overseas back in the fall. That was, I mean, he had never played on mm-hmm. in Japan. Yeah, the Zozo one. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, it takes so much for him to get ready just to play around a golf. Now he's been quoted as saying it takes him like four or five hours like oh man stretching and all this other stuff to get his back ready and get himself all limbered up and just loose right. and ready to go because he said when at the genesis he didn't play very well past uh, two weeks ago yeah because he was just tight the whole time and you know i mean that's gonna happen to me he's 42 four back surgeries you're gonna have some weeks where it's just the back just isn't there we're just hoping that uh-huh. he's able to do all the extra preparation, everything to be ready for the big one in the Masters and other one. I mean, the Masters is the is the one he has probably the best shot at to win as a major. Yep. Other than that, the Open Championship over in uh, Europe be his second sh- best chance. The PGA usually a really tough courses that are usually a lot longer, and that doesn't really suit his game. He's not the power player he was when he was younger he's more of a finesse guy now and just thinks around the course so the u.s open and the british open really are not his strong suits are gonna fit his game as well as yeah and that's understandable at his age and especially with some guys now like kepka and uh like finau and dechambeau who can just demolish the ball uh i feel like they're all like big big power guys i mean there's obviously more i i don't know all the all the guys out there that are huge drivers but tiger's not exactly one of them anymore which is fine you don't need you don't really need to be but right yeah. especially at augusta you don't you don't need to be a power mm-hmm. hitter to mm-hmm. win that that course yeah so that's all it's all very good positive stuff golf wise i mean we're not you know a primarily golf podcast but hey when we can talk about it we will talk about it that's that's for sure. Huge golf guys out here. Huge golf guys. But 
we got a lot of other news and topics to discuss here up until 7 p.m. Uh, and again, you're listening to WBIM 91.5 FM. It's the Mouth and Off Sports Show. Dan Sadik and Zach Lacey here. So with a little golf spitballing out of the way, move on to our discussion. NHL trade deadline. Boston Bruins make a couple moves for the second straight year. They make two moves. Nothing jaw-dropping, but two moves that uh, they acquired from the Ducks. They made two separate Hate trades that. with the Anaheim Ducks. Dan just kicked over his coffee, yeah. and it's all over the floor. Um, but they acquired Fake Andre Case, Kasi? I Kasha. 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 Yep. Kasha for... Uh, so Kasha was for Bacchus and the se- second rounder? Bacchus, a first rounder, and Axel first rounder. Anderson, That's right, that's right. Yep. Prospect. The Bacchus is the big part of that deal that the Bruins really want to get rid of is all of his money. They're keeping they're holding on twenty five percent of it, but he had a big cap hit around six point five million. Um they're able to flip that for Kate Kasha. Kasha, yep. I'm just gonna say yeah, Kasha. <laughs> Kasha. It's tough when you're looking at the name or like if you have the spelling and because it's not spelled K A S E. It's spelled like case. Yeah. Yeah. But Kasha. Yeah, so Kasha. It, hurt, it hurts giving up a first round pick, but you're able to get rid of Bacchus in that contract. Most of it, at least, uh, gives you a lot more flexibility. They had this deal on Thursday, I believe, or it was earlier uh, in the week because we talked about it on the off air. Yeah, bit. um, I yeah, I think it was it was like midweek. Yeah, so they really positioned themselves well to even go get another piece. Should they? want to do that, which they did end up getting Richie, also from the Ducks for Danton Heinen. Yep. Who, I mean, Danton Heinen, he is what he is. He's a grinder, little guy, whatever. But he's had two years of $2.8 million or so, and then they tra- give him to Richie, who's 24, and he's got another two years as well. Uh, he's bigger. And they save money. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, both deals, they really were saving money. And Kasha, his big problem has been health. He's only played, like, half the games possible for himself. Mm -hmm. And he's out right now. Uh, But he projects as a top six forward, which is what the Bruins really need. Another wing. Work alongside Krejci and DeBrusque um, on on that second line if he's healthy. I mean, we were running through some stats thing on the off air that he's right up there with uh, Connor McDavid on expected goals uh, for five on five per sixty minutes, sabermetrics right there. Basically, he put it. himself in great positions to score when yeah. he's on the ice at an elite level. And then is another one. He goals scored per sixty minutes. He's like right behind Marshan. I mean, that's huge so. too, right? Because I mean, as we've seen, like you don't want like your top guys to be doing like all the scoring. Like you want your bottom lines to be able to produce a bit more. And I saw this year out of like the last three years. Uh, uh, I got to pick it up, but ba- basically there's, I think it's Marshan, Pasternak, and Bergeron account for uh, about 50% of the goals scored. Sounds about right. And that's the highest it's been in the past, like, several seasons. Um, I'll let you know when I pull the exact one up. Look, but it's it, amazing yeah. that the Bruins' top line is scoring the way that they're scoring this year. Pasternak stepped up Marshan. Bergeron's not scoring as much, but with those two other guys putting the puck in the net, he's just being a facilitator, which is beautiful too and playing great defense so the problem was last year is in the playoffs when the top line stopped scoring there was nobody else to score and that's yeah. been the way for a few years now 
is when those top-line guys don't score in a game, the Bruins usually don't win. Hmm. So they really needed some help, and Kasha is potentially that guy that could, if he's healthy, the Bruins got another good chance to get a run at the Cup. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's encouraging to see them at least be active at the very least at the trade deadline. Like, yeah, maybe some people wanted them to go after someone a lot bigger or just, like, with more upside, like the Trocek, Vinny Trocek from the Panthers. Mm -hmm. I heard, you know, he could have been a great fit for uh, the Bees, and I don't think he went for a first either, um, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, I mean, he... I'm just glad Don Sweeney was active, and, you know, you can juxtapose that to, uh, you know, Danny H. and the Celtics, who two straight years haven't done anything at the deadline to maybe bolster their their team for a long-term playoff run. But, yeah, it's still, it's like not exactly apples to apples when it comes to, you know, comparing those two. Mm -hmm. But here, I got the stat. Boston Bruins, percentage of goals scored by Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand, through the Bruins' first 63 games. 2017-2018, it was 35.9%. Last year, 40.7%. This year, up to 47.1%. So the load is coming from those guys more often than not over the past three years. It just keeps increasing. So to add some more you know, potential with uh, guys that are able to create chances more often, that's very encouraging. And, again, it creates some cap flexibility for hopefully re-signing guys like Krug um, once they're up. So I think they're they're good deals. They're not like these crazy uh, deals that are going to, you know, just catapult you to the favorite because they're not the favorite right now. I believe they actually slid a bit down on uh, the Vegas odds of winning the Cup. But regardless, I like the moves. I don't think there's really much to complain about. I think more people were up in arms about the Ryan Donato deal last year. Mm-hmm. They were questioning Coyle. I believe that it was for Coyle. Yeah, it was. They, they were questioning that deal a lot more so. And now Coyle locked up long-term. He was huge in the playoff run last year. So I trust Don Sweeney. Look, I I was very against the Ryan Donato deal when it first happened last year. Right? Yep. I um, do remember, yeah. It was Ryan Donato has been built up as like this homegrown guy that's going to be a stud. He just needs to he's going to be a big scoring guy all this stuff but it hadn't really started happening for him Mm -hmm. he was doing it in the minors but he couldn't transfer it to the big time and Sweeney moved him for Coyle and that was a great move um I mean the Marcus Johansson move eh he was fine yeah um but he's made some good moves the past couple years before that though the Rick Nash deal for a first rounder not great um but to move Bacchus that was huge you knew they were going to have to give up something else in return, uh, which is the first round pick. Which is it was probably unfortunate because they couldn't move, they couldn't then use that first round pick as capital to go get somebody else that they wanted. But if Kasha works out, I mean, it's like taking that guy at twenty eight or wherever the Bruins would have drafted this year, and that's a steal. Then if if he ends up being a top six forward, then that's a great move. Yeah. Yeah, and again, like I think with like, this is one thing you can compare it a little bit. Even though these drafts aren't are not apples to apples at all, but the Bruins, and arguably a more valuable draft process than the NBA. Like I think the first round in general, even the second round, is a lot more valuable than the majority of the first round of NBA drafts. Mm-hmm. 
Most guys outside of the lottery and NBA drafts are not going to pan out. But the Bruins over the past couple of years have been a lot more, uh, a lot, a lot more willing is the word willing to give up these picks to make runs to like help their team because they believe in the team. Whatever the core is obviously getting older, so it's like we we want to get one more here. But the the Celtics with these extra picks that honestly are not valuable. Like they're yeah. just not valuable. They're out of the lottery. Even their Memphis pick, out of the lottery, although they did, they, they are getting injured a bit, but still, Danny Ainge just didn't feel a need to make a move. And, you know, from what he's quoted as saying, you know, there wasn't a move to be made for blah, 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 whatever. But just the willingness to move draft capital is such a huge difference between the Celtics and the Bruins. And the Bruins clearly are a lot more willing year after year to just improve their chances or try to improve their chances by adding talent or maybe creating cap flexibility at the same time for future deals. So just I, a thought. Just to Danny Ainge's, Danny Ainge's defense, people were on him for a long time about the all the Brooklyn picks that he had, and he wasn't yep. moving them. And then Smart was like, and Jalen Brown. But then yeah. he lanced Tatum. So, a valid point. I mean, I don't. If he says there wasn't a move, I trust him because he he's shown the willingness to make trades. He has, um, he and has the overall. team is very good right now. So I maybe bringing in somebody else might mess up the chemistry and that kind of stuff. Or if the team that they was trying to deal with only wanted Smart or somebody, I mean, yeah, if there was, if it was like a deal breaker, like oh we we can't you know do this because you know it'll ultimately it would be a sideways move. Yeah. I, that's what I envision is like Ainge was like. We'll go nowhere but sideways and potentially lower if right. we if we make a move, even a fringe move. But yeah, again, it's just like the Bruins, you know, address a need um, both financially and hockey wise. And the Celtics do have a need in terms of like their front court, like big men that are competent and can play defense. But at the same time, like yeah, I I can see both sides for the whole Danny Ainge thing, and yeah. Uh, with those picks, though, it's just at the same time, I hope there's a willingness draft day, come draft day or pre-draft, because those guys are ultimately going to just be G League guys that are stashed away there or stashed away in Europe, and I don't love that. I mean, it's just not that smart for the current <coughs> projection for this team. Guys like Hayward and Kemba in their prime, Jason Tatum making leaps and bounds into the you know status that he's in right now playing like an all nba player and you know jalen brown coming into his own zach's favorite player <laughs> but nonetheless you have a great core that yes they're very young but you don't need to keep pouring in more like younger more inexperienced players in the process that frankly are going to be fringe NBA players. A lot of the first round towards the end is like that. And the Celtics aren't going to be picking high in the lottery. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I just hope there's draft day, there's a willingness to be more flexible with the draft capital. But, yeah, I yeah. would just – I mean, I, I posed this to you guys before, but he's probably looking at it like, is there any move that helps us beat Milwaukee mm. that makes us that much better that we're, that, that we're very competitive with Milwaukee? Because – I think it's fair to say that they're better or right there with every other team in the East besides Milwaukee. Yeah, and I, I think 
if anyone in the East is going to give them a run, it's probably the Celtics. Maybe the Sixers. If the Sixers can get right, yeah. Ben Simmons is hurt right now, and he's getting like reevaluated and stuff. He's going to miss some time. Also, the Celtics with Kemba, just a big question mark there with his knee. Not good news there. Um, Kemba Walker played in the All-Star game. He played in the game, the Clippers game that preceded it. But he also played a lot in the All-Star game, which he probably shouldn't have. He was on a minutes restriction, but played in the fourth quarter anyways. We all know, like, it's just not great for a guy with what seems to be a chronic knee issue. He had to get his knee drained. And apparently the shot that they that they gave him is typically used for arthritis from what I from what I understand which maybe it's more of like a precautionary thing I don't know or if it's just like one of those things that helps with his certain knee condition but you know it's just not it's not promising and if they don't have him let's be honest they're not they don't have a shot against the bucks not that not that he's, you know, your number one. You know, it is Tatum's team. It is, it is Tatum's team. I, I won't deny that now. But you still need Kemba Walker. You need your all-star point guard. If you don't have him, you're not making it You're not making it far. It's just plain and simple. Well, if you don't have him, there's more Brad Wanamaker on the court. <laughs> Brad Wanamaker. And that's a serious uh, problem. It's just not good. Not good for anyone. And then... You know, it just puts that much more of a load on Marcus Smart, and you know, it's going to force guys to try to do too much. Is what it's going to do. Right now, it's not really hurting them because, like, Jason Tatum is just playing out of his freaking mind. He put up 41 points on the Lakers' head and made it look effortless. They lost to the Lakers ultimately. I believe it was 114-112. Still, you see a game like that from Tatum. Uh, you just you gotta love to see that. You gotta love to see that. Forty-one against your rival, on the road. Um, just very promising. Uh, guys like LeBron, you know, posting on social media, sort of gushing over the dude. Like, if guys like him and I don't like LeBron, but if guys like him are like, oh man, like this guy, and giving him that kind of bump publicly, if you're a fan of Jason Tatum or the Celtics, you gotta love that. Like he's playing at an all-NBA level. And in the NBA, it is a star's league. Yep. If you don't have a number one guy, a star, you're not you're 99% chance you're not winning. Even yeah. if you have five really, really good players, that two, that n- number one guy, and then, you know, sort of his his beta, not like his beta, but his like... <laughs> his sidekick? G- I mean, you'd love me to call Jalen Brown a beta. I mean, in your mind, he's a big, I mean, he's a big time beta. I mean, He's like the Delta. He, <laughs> the Delta. Uh, but, yeah, you combine, you know, you sort of uh, number two and three, 3A with Hayward and Kemba. We'll just see. We'll see. I mean, if you look back, the pit, the 04 Pistons, is 04 Pistons? The 04 Pistons, They're Probably yeah. the last team to do it without, like, an alpha, alpha. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they their best player on that team was probably Chauncey Billups, and he was a point guard back then. Yeah, point guards were not doing what they're doing now. In the right. League. So, in no way did they have an alpha. No. The only other comp I would give you, but it's not a great comp because they did have a number one. But besides that, not so much. Was uh, the 2011 Mavs? Oh, Dirk. Dirk. 
against the Super Miami, the Super Miami team, yeah. which, which is like, you know, he had Jason Terry, but Jason Terry is your second-best player. I mean, guy, guy was a good player, but... Was Chandler Parsons on that team, too? I want to say that was pre-Parsons. Was Pre-Parsons. Or he was, like, super young. Okay. I think it might have been pre-Parsons, though. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, but, yeah, so you don't really... I mean, you, see that. yeah, the super teams, you need them. I mean, the Celtics had the KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and then LeBron did it, and then the Warriors and now, did it. Yeah, now it's the thing. It's just the thing to do. I mean, the Lakers have it again. I mean, I'd almost, I mean, it, the Dirk team is kind of similar to this Bucks team, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. That's, that's a great comp, actually. Because they have Giannis, but then, I mean, Chris Middleton is. He's like he's the good. he's he, yeah he's like a but, bigger if like Jason Terry was like a lot bigger and was more of a stretch like if he was like a modern day player, so they they have decent talent around him but yeah it's like Giannis, and then he he does make people better around him you right know, if if he if right he, oh absolutely yeah so if he had a great jumper, it would be over, like if if Giannis could if he was like a forty percent three point shooter, like I don't know how you would guard him he'd be. Like just insane. He's already insane. But with that being said, yeah, the Bucks, they're the clear cut. And the Celtics need that number two seed because the Raptors are they just keep winning. And, you know, you really don't want to be a three seed playing either like the Pacers or the Sixers or a team like that that will make it hard on you. Uh and then you lose home court for the Easter Conference Finals, which you're not gonna have if you're the two seed, but you don't want to risk not having that prior either. Right. So, like, they need that two seed. And at least Jason Tatum, if there was ever for a time for him to elevate his game and, like, make start to make that breakout, like, I'm here, I've arrived type of deal, now's, now's the time. I mean, it, you couldn't find better timing for that. I mean, you know the reason that he, well, he went off, right? Why? Headband. Headband Tatum. Headband back. Headband Tatum with a beard. Like, a he's beard. got the beard going. He's he's in his bag for sure. And, like, what he did, like, he made Anthony Davis look silly multiple times against the Lakers. I mean, he was just, he was just dancing. And it wasn't even, like, all that complicated. It's just his footwork is great. His mid-range game is great. The confidence in his shot, like, everything you'd want and your number one guy is right there. He's he could make the All NBA team this year, and if he does do that, Oof. the Celtics will be forking over a lot more money than if he weren't. Because you make the All NBA team, you are like any of the three the super max. You get the super max, which they didn't give Kemba every dollar of the super max. They I don't believe it's like completely maxed out, but the Tatum one will be. I mean, you got to give that guy the Brinks truck. Like, <laughs> you're you. You don't back it up for Isaiah Thomas back then. Good smart. Move. Smart. Good move. You get, you know, whatever. But for this man, Jason Tatum, you you unload it. Like Danny Ainge, get him the biggest truck you could possibly find and seal him up because, one, they haven't had a homegrown guy like this, obviously like Pierce, but I think he's going to be a lot better than Pierce. I think, you know, He's just way ahead of Pierce in terms of like his development, the athleticism. Pierce like, like Pierce had that killer instinct. Yeah, exactly. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen that yet. But again, like, you know, Pierce did a lot 
with his just pure ability. He wasn't the most athletic guy out there. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to dunk on, you know, put you know guys on posters all the time. But I just think that it will come with Tatum. He's had a lot of early playoff experience already in his career. He's already been one game away from the NBA Finals against LeBron with a young team. It would have mm-hmm. been like the youngest team to ever be in the Finals if they if they had won Game 7 two years ago without Kyrie. Yeah, no Kyrie, no Hayward. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. But, like, this year, I just think, yeah, it's it's going to be hard. I don't think it's going to be as hard as, say, if LeBron and the Cavs were there. Like, that... In my mind, I've mentioned this before, but that stretch where he just made it to the finals like every year from 2011 on after the Celtics. It was, what, nine years in a row? Yeah. I, I, like if, if Even if, you know, with that Isaiah team, that was so fun to watch. And, you know, they played so hard both sides of the ball. They never gave up, you know, complete 48 minutes of hard play. You knew, I'm going to get to the conference finals. LeBron is just going to be LeBron. And that's it. Like, hey, we made a run. Cool. With the Bucks, I don't feel quite that way yet, obviously, because they haven't been there. They have the tools to be there. Obviously, they're destroying the East uh, this year overall. They're head and shoulders above everyone. But, again, like once it comes down to that time, Giannis has to be great on the biggest stage and has to be that guy for the Bucks and take him to the finals. I think he can do it, but, you know, I, I just think out of everybody else, Celtics probably have the best chance, and they do have a chance at the finals, whereas in years past, I just didn't feel that way. I felt like, yeah, you could have a nice, fun run, but once you get to the conference finals, you get the boogeyman. This boogeyman hasn't proven it yet, so I at least have that. We, you know, we can at least have that. He hasn't been to nine straight yet, so. Yeah, but if they do get there, then they get the boogeyman waiting. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Then the big boogeyman <laughs> probably comes to take down the little boogeyman. Uh, yeah, I Yeah, I, I had mixed feelings about that Lakers team coming into this year, just how it was all going to work. I mean, they're bringing back Dwight Howard and all that stuff, and, you know, Kyle Kuzma having a down year. But, like, they're, they're doing great. LeBron's playing, like, every single game. Um, someone on this show earlier said he'd play like half the season. <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> if you're listening, said he'd play like f- 45, maybe 50 games. Get out of here. The guy's driven. And obviously, they win the title this year. Obviously, it's going to mean a ton for that organization, but especially what happened in the past month. It will, like, that would be a great story. Yes, I'm rooting against uh, LeBron winning in LA. But the one silver lining is, like, it would be a good story if it happened. I really don't want the Clippers to win. Like, if I, I would root for the Lakers over the Clippers. Really? Not because I don't like Kawhi and Paul George, but I don't like – speak of the devil. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, I don't like just the whole vibe of how that happened, of how that Clippers tandem came together. It just felt – But you're okay with how Anthony Davis went to L.A.? <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, because <laughs> if if he was traded midseason instead, like when there was all those rumors swirling that Anthony Davis, uh, you know, was going to just force his hand to L.A. midseason last year, then I would be disgusted. But the fact that... I mean, he just stopped playing half, well, the last half yeah, of the year. Well, yes, I hate that. But the actual, like, move, like he, 
he didn't like force he didn't force his way there and like to the detriment of guys on the Lakers, right? Technically, he like what he did was scummy, but I think what like Paul George and Kawhi, I think that was a bit more scummy. Like I think there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about that would make them look a lot worse just in terms of like the amount of power that they probably had in that whole thing. Like I don't know. Like I mean, you know the the, it's pel- weird. the the Pelicans, they lose Anthony Davis, but they're they're pretty good now with Zion and I mean, Lonzo is actually playing good. But yeah. And then even uh, the Thunder. The Thunder are good now. And, and Chris Paul's a stud. The Raptors are doing fine, too, obviously. Yeah, so, like, all these teams that the, these yeah. guys left are just are doing fine. And I have the biggest issue with the Clippers. So, yeah. And uh, we welcome in Jonathan Sullivan. Jonathan, how you doing? Doing well, Daniel. How you doing? Um, Daniel, wow. Yeah. So, let's talk about this. You were not supposed to be here. And then I, I see in our little group chat that you turned out to be questionable. What what was the material change? Um, I have a class that meets um, once a month um, from 6 to 7 on Allegedly. on Tuesdays. It's like for my internship. Allegedly. And uh, it was supposed to be tonight, but it got canceled. So that's why I'm here. All right. Well, that's good enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> I was listening on the way in, Dan. Yeah. Did my heart warm. A couple things. One. Zach, the closet basketball stand, talking a little basketball here. That warms my heart. You love to see it. I know I know what I'm talking about. I just don't enjoy it. Um, Dan, you <laughs> said I heard whose team it was. That yes. also made my heart. Yes. It's nice and warm. It's the Ices. Yeah, yeah, it's the Ices team. I also chirped you like, you, you must have been walking yeah. in here, and I, I, uh, I may have chirped you. Oh, yeah? What do you say? Well, so I, w- I was talking about how I didn't expect the Lakers to mesh as good as they have. And I was like, you know, they're playing really well. I think it'd be a good story if they won. And hey, LeBron's playing like every game this year. I mean, I know oh, someone. There we go. I know someone <laughs> who said he'd play like half the season, and that he's old, and that he's got a, you know, load management, I all guess, this stuff. I guess I mistook mistook uh, Kawhi for LeBron. <laughs> oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> I, I mixed up the teams. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, you you don't stupid see... same city teams. <laughs> yeah. yeah, same arena. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Anybody would have made that mistake, right? Yeah, right. It, it really could have been anyone. Yeah. Um, and also, Dan, you said I. the last thing I heard before, when I was pulling into the parking lot before I turned off the car was um, you said Tatum's going to be much better than Paul Pierce. That's 100%. Tatum is Kevin Durant. That's what he is. Oh, my God. That's what he is. Score <laughs> all right. From three Stop. Levels. Score from three Stop. levels. Stop. Stop. Can play elite defense. You can't. You, that's what he is. That's, that's what just, he is. Just, just cannot, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. That's what, hold his, the, that's what hold, his ceiling no. is. That's what his ceiling no. is. No. All right, he cannot reach that. Yeah, he's, he can. He does, no, he's he, doing it right now. He's not as big as Durant. He can't be Durant. It's just not a good. Durant comp. is unguardable. It's not a good. Comp. It's not a good. Comp. Tatum's unguardable. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Not a single player Wait. in the NBA can guard him. Dur- when he gets in his own, Durant. I saw him took. Dude. I saw him take two depoys the last two games. Clippers and Lakers. One, he was cooking Kawhi, perennial depoy. Two, he was cooking Anthony Davis off the block too, also perennial depoy. Tatum, when he gets in the zone, unguardable. Dude, you cannot compare Tatum to Kevin Durant. I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant right did. now. I'm saying that's what he's gonna be. That's what he. That's what he's gonna be. <laughs> this is the same thing. Uh, no, it's not. You cannot. Yeah, they're. Too, <laughs> Tatum I mean, is too small to be compared to Durant. They play like the same position. They're not playing the same thing. Just okay. So so 
because Durant's 6'11 and Tatum's 6'9, so I have to find someone that's 6'9 to compare to Tatum? Well, it's, it's just, like, their build, too. I mean, Durant is long. It's just a different... Like, I know where you're getting at. Like, skill level-wise, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. He's a, Okay, do you want me to say he's a prime Carmelo that can play defense? Sure. That's that a little better. better. That's, that's a little yeah. better. I Yeah, I think that's... A, you know. Durant's a much higher level. To the, I mean, you're th- you're thinking he's gonna be the second best or best player in the world in three or four years? Yeah, hundred percent. Wow. Okay. I think he he could he's be borderline that. top ten right now. He'll that's definitely like, be top five in like a couple of years. Top five. Oh, I could see that, especially with other guys starting to uh, towards the, the end of their prime. Putting up the last I, I mean, I, I, month I, and a half. I hope you're right. I mean, I know. I mean, I will admit. No one's higher on this guy than me. I know. I've been That's on this true. train for I mean, a long time. I'm not even convinced he's going to be better than Paul Pierce. So, Oh, oh wow. Goodness. He's probably already better than Paul Pierce. That. <laughs> Shut Zach up. brought up a good point. It's the intangibles. Pierce had all the intangibles. If he, We haven't seen any of that from Tatum. You knew if Pierce As was to- top of the key, final minute of the game, Pierce was going to destroy you on that elbow Dude, jumper. Tatum's, cl- Tatum's clutch. I, I has, he won, has he won any game? Yeah, uh, the against the Knicks earlier. earlier. He, oh, the Knicks. he basically single-handedly beat the he's, Clippers he's got in overtime. He's got to do it in the playoffs, though. We have to see it on the biggest stage, dude. I think then we'll know. We will wait. know. I can't wait. I hope he does it. This playoffs. I'm not rooting against the You're, you're on the hot hard. seat. You, you just think he's going to be no, the best player I'm not in the, the world. Seat. I'm on the hot seat if he never does it. No, you. but you I'm start yourself on the hot seat. If he if he tanks this postseason – you are officially on the hot seat. As in, like, he's not going to be good? He's 20... Not that he's going to be good, but that he's trending in the... Doesn't have the clutch gene. I mean, it's just he a... He shoots literally 50% and 45 from three in the fourth quarter this year. But Does that not have It's the regular sheet? season. Okay. I need to see it in the playoffs. Well, he can't do that right now. So. Well, I, I'm not getting him in trouble for something he hasn't done yet, but if he does, you're on the hot seat. Put a nice little fire right underneath that chair. Okay. Yeah, I would say he had a twenty-four, seven, and, fo- and four, um, albeit in a loss because everyone else, i.e., Jalen Brown and Terry Rozier, disappeared. But Trash. as a nineteen-year-old, so yeah, I mean, he, he was instrumental in that. I, I brought that up earlier. How he already has playoff experience, like he's twenty-one, but he like the experience he has is like of. I don't know, like a six-year vet. Yeah, there's, all, on these, a great there's team. all these stats that are floating around Twitter about how he has like the most wins and most points and stuff like that. But that that just says because the, you know that has less to do with his skill and more to do with the fact that since he came into the league, the team went to the Eastern if, Conference Finals in his rookie year. If Hayward yeah. didn't break his leg in his first game as a Celtic, he wouldn't have any of those yeah. um, accomplishments because he wouldn't have played nearly as much yeah. that year. And most elite players, when they come into the league, high picks, they're on trash teams. He. He was in a unique situation where that wasn't the case, so that's why all these stats are a bit inflated. Yeah, but but he's still he's nasty. It. He is. He's, he's very good. I did you see the report on uh, Robert Williams? How they're gonna evaluate him in like a week, and if uh, if it comes out, I don't know if it's negative, but I know I, I forget what the wording was. But it was like if the report on him comes out, uh, you know, the way it was when he was first hurt that they're back to square one, and that he's looked good. He's been dunking on 13-foot rims, apparently, according to Brad Stevens. That's absurd. Which is, uh, I like that. I'm a big fan of that. But 
nonetheless, they need. I, I mean, they need him if they want to have a real shot at making the finals. Because you can't rely on Ennis Cantor. Cantor, Cantor, one hundred percent needs hip surgery. He is playing extremely hurt. He's always hurt. Yeah, but he, he is always he's hurt. Like he's unplayable now. The well, last, the last two or three weeks since he re-injured his hip or whatever. I mean, he he can't play defense to begin with, but his offense has slipped. I mean, in the Lakers game, and even in the Clippers game before the break, and. Um, the Minnesota game too, to a lesser extent. I mean, he's unplayable, unplayable. So they need a they need the the time lord to come back, and then hopefully they give Cantor, you know, two or three weeks off again. Hopefully everything heals up, and then you have a three headed. I don't want to say monster because that's not the right word, but a three headed uh, average being. center a being <laughs> average center. That's some disrespect to the ice. <laughs> Tice has looked the average center good. for what he's making is is a steal. He's he's played well this year. The ice is an animal. Yeah, even the next Anthony Davis. That's his ceiling. <laughs> oh oh, yo, you can't say that, man. Uh, the ice is a six ten. Anthony Davis six eleven. Yeah, no. Yo, they're a different player. He plays center. Anthony Davis plays power forward. Oh God, get out of here. Tice has looked pretty good though. Obviously, like. I'm not going to bank on him being that guy in the playoffs against elite competition, but, you know, it's encouraging because with Robert Williams, you have no idea. Cantor, he's hurt a lot and defensively lacks a lot of ability. And, you know, rebounding is, like, the main thing he gives you, which if he's hurt, he's not going to be able to do that well. So, like, yeah, injuries have really been tough on this team this year. You know, I think it's like 14 games they've had total with uh, their normal starting five, which, man, like, that's the thing. Like, hopefully you can get a little bit of a sample of that before the postseason because it's tough. I feel like they're almost not going to have enough time to mesh properly with all their guys healthy in time for the playoffs. And I don't know if that is what nips them in the butt, but, like, again, how are you going to get by the Bucks if – you know, you're limping uh, health-wise into the postseason. Yeah, they got to get healthy. That's, <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's a that's Good. an obvious one. Good. Um, Good, Mark. But yeah, Dan, they're uh, they're not they're not playing all their stars together because they're uh, they're they're holding their card. They're uh, they're not showing their hand. They don't want it on film. Now you're just trolling. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding with that. But yeah, they they really do got to get healthy for probably about the last month of the season. And they got to go on a nice little run coming up so they can rest some of their guys coming down the stretch, though. Because you don't want to see, you know, Tatum. He's young. Brown's young. But Hayward, Kemba, you know, they can't be playing every game 40 minutes when they get back, especially Kemba. That that knee injury is I know. Is that's, that's why, like, I, I think that's just – it's important. Like, their health, you know, it can't be understated. Like, it's yeah. been a thing all year long. But I think they – their health is more important than them playing the games together. Like, as long as they're healthy in the playoffs, I don't care if they don't play. As long as all five of them are starting day one of the playoffs, if they don't have that same starting five for the rest of the season, I don't really care because I think that's more important in the playoffs than, you know, I know that obviously the chemistry would help, but I think if you're, you can't risk it during the regular season just to build some, Chemistry. Well, it's not just that. It's also it would be really nice if you could get the two seed, and you're probably not going to, if it's going to take you the rest of the year to get healthy. 
possibly, but I'd rather have the three seed and then have a healthy team in the playoffs and go for the two seed and god forbid someone gets really hurt and then misses the playoffs yeah and again like they're not gonna you know they're not gonna risk that or their intentions aren't gonna be we're gonna risk not being healthy but we get the two seed but at the same time like i think it is a valid question of you know should you have allowed kemba to play in that all-star game if he's now missing consecutive games he's not confirmed for saturday like with those choices being made, I just it doesn't really inspire a ton of confidence that Nick they're going to be healthy. Nick Nurse was playing uh, chess. Everyone else was playing checkers. In well, the game. Kyle Lowry was also taking charges <laughs> on that team. His own guy, right? So maybe it's just a bad look, but it it doesn't you know it doesn't surprise me. I mean that's the NBA. They they love the All Star game way more than any other league likes their all-star game these nba players are like obsessed because with it's the game. it's a networking marketing thing for them and it's great for their brand and you know it's it's better for their brand than just playing in a regular you know february regular season game against whoever you know the hawks I right mean, uh, so. also the, there's less of a chance i think in the nba all-star game that anybody's gonna get hurt right i guess over the other ones i mean especially football i mean those guys take huge hits all the time. If they're doing that, all the best players in the league, they're going to hurt each other eventually. I mean, baseball pitchers blow out their arms all the time just pitching more. I mean, obviously it's a risk the, the guy just walking is going to blow out his knee for some reason. But I think for them it's just fun. They get to do get to just go throw lobs out to each other in front of the cameras. And, I mean, you can't really do – it's not really like showboaty in any of these other – yeah, I mean it's like a, it's like a glorified scrimmage, basically yeah. the NBA All Star game. So I don't I don't blame them for playing. It's just it's I just wish that they wasn't they didn't take it as serious. I wish they were more focused on you know their actual teams than well yeah. East or West. It's like if if Kemba had like gotten hurt within itself, like isolated, he just got hurt randomly in the All Star game. That I would not I wouldn't care. I mean I, yeah okay that happens, but. His knee's been a thing. It's been this chronic issue with him. And, you know, for the most part, I think it's since 2015-2016 season, he's played in, uh, in the upper 70s every season. So, you know, he's he's putting a lot on it, on that knee. And I just, yeah, I don't know if, like, what was it, 26, 28 minutes? I'm not saying 28 minutes in the All-Star game is the difference between him missing and being in any of these games that he's missed. But at the same time, the workload going forward, you know, I just hope it's managed properly because he's a guy, again, I was saying to Zach, and he agreed, you don't have him, you're not making a run whatsoever. There's just no way, no way you're getting past the Bucks, And against, like, teams like the Sixers, it just it hurts your chances big time. And, yeah, I, health is something hopefully they can finally find towards the end of the year. My biggest question mark is Time Lord, obviously. I think Kemba will be okay, ultimately. I'm not that worried about it, but it's just something to keep on the radar because if this keeps rolling into, say, next week, and then who knows? Who knows if they have to reevaluate everything? And I don't know. I I hate to even bring this up for the chance of it happening, but Dan Greenberg from Barstool uh, basically had this like reaction of, like, this reminds me of KG in 2009. I saw that. Where... They kept being like, oh, it's okay, you know, he'll be good, he'll be good. He was never good. He never came back that year, and it hurt them going back-to-back. Now, I'm not saying this is the same thing with Kemba, 
But anything with the knee, draining the knee, anything like that, you're shooting up the knee with whatever, it's just not not good. It's just not good, uh, especially if it's chronic. And he's a guy that's in his prime, and you got him locked in now, first year of his deal. So we'll see. We'll see. I just – I uh, it's tough. I mean, it's not a great comp, but um... – Obviously, Dan, you're not a professional athlete. Correct. But in our little backyard football league that we play, oh God, Dan hurt his knee early on in the season this year and never really came back from it. I mean, you nope. tried to come back sometimes, and then the knee just wasn't. Yeah. I mean, was... you weren't getting it drained and stuff like Kemba, <laughs> but, I well, mean, knees uh, yeah. are fickle. Yeah, knees knees are tough, man. Especially, Especially when you get older. Yeah, Especially when you get older, man, we, we and you're were, over that hump. We were talking about it because we both we went to the range oh, yesterday. Yeah, we woke up this morning. My legs, were like, whew, <laughs> my baby, hands, they are hurting the hammies. Oh, dude, olden in the way. I know. My, I thought my, I thought my, ba- I thought I was gonna wake up and my back was gonna be like screaming. It's my hands, dude. Between oh, shot in my pinky blisters. No, it's like the muscles in my hands were like, dude, we haven't done this in months. Like, what is this? Why are we hitting a bucket? <laughs> Between swings, Dan was walking over to the fence, like grabbing onto the fence, oh, yeah. trying to stretch out his back. Looked like he was going to keel over. Yeah. He hit a drive into the little partition <laughs> that separates me and him and hit the partition, came back and hit him in the chest. Oh, yeah. Um, salt. Yeah, a literal salt. <laughs> River uh, driving range trying to assault me. But, yeah, I my back was feeling it during, during like, the bucket, but... Like, it feels fine now, but my hands, dude, it's like... Were you hitting a small or a large? Uh, a large. Okay, good. And we were saying, too, the kid next to us hit three full buckets large. Dedication. It's like, yeah, and he was topping half of them. I was like, dude, this is not helping you. Just go home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's a little... Back to our little golf spiel, but, yeah. So, golf's back. Golf's back. So back. Yeah. This is your year, Dan. This is literally my year. I don't know. I mean, if I repeat what I had at the range yesterday, it's definitely <laughs> not my year. But I'll say this: by like, hey, Nick didn't hit the range yesterday. But facts, true. by by like late April, scoreboard. I, I get like three rounds in me. I will be good. I'll be good. All right. November, I played the best back nine of my life. That's that's a Fendi. good point. So, you know, analytics. one lip one lip out away from beating Jonathan and Nick on the back nine. Yeah, but I didn't five putt on eighteen. <laughs> You know, we, from three feet, we we would have been there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. Um, I, that's one thing too, because we didn't get to the, the putting green because it's still closed. But I'm gonna be on that putting green like five times a week. Putting green's free too. Yeah, so yeah. go whenever you want. Are you get Are you getting a new putter? I don't know if it's a putter no. or a wedge yet. I haven't decided. It's gonna be a putter or a wedge, just so I don't have one wedge for any of those chip shots. Right. We'll see. Your putter stinks. Yeah. yeah I'll, I, I'll I hate my, the top flight I'll putter. sell you my 60 degree. I never use it. Oh, good. I'll give it to you lefty. for 20 bucks. Lefty, lefty. Okay. Well, there you go. I make Nana buy you a putter and then 20 buck, $20 wedge from Jonathan. Cooking. We'll discuss terms. Um, yeah. Uh, we already talked Bruins, Jonathan. Um, we covered that pretty well. Uh, you know, NBA, Celtics, the rise of Jason Tatum. Jonathan's favorite, favorite song, uh, <laughs> the rise of Jason Tatum. Uh, Hopefully it continues. I think it will. I think it will. Uh, it better, or everyone's just gonna just gonna gang up on me anytime he does something bad. But dude, you're like, already not. What you say about Tatum? <laughs> not ganging up on you. He goes just... like he goes like three of three of thirteen in the 
in the playoffs or something, it's going to be like, Johnny, where's Tatum? Where's well, Tatum? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're you're saying he's going to be the best player in the world. Like, yeah. In three or four years, yeah. That's a long time. He's, he's going up. Nothing but going up. I mean, elite. Elite. I mean, if Elite both ways. Both ways. Elite defender. He, he clamping people now when he wants. Yep. Absolute clamps. Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. You brought up how LeBron made, what, nine straight finals or whatever? Yeah. Is that the greatest, like, run in sports history? Uh, I mean, you got the Pats. They made, what, 12 straight AFC championships? I think that was, like, nine. So, nine? Nine. So, nine. That's not even nine Super Bowls, so. I mean, you had those UCLA basketball teams that won two or three championships in a row yeah, and went undefeated. That was, like, in the ninth. Yeah, that's so long ago. I, the I UConn would, women yeah. just went, just won, or they won even more than that, too. UConn women had over 100 games, one in a row. But, again, I'd say the biggest... Compar- I think college like, is different because you can pick who you want. Like, people, like, you can have anyone you want on your team if they want to play for you, basically. That's true. But I'll say this for the football one with the Pats, I mean... You could argue, like, you know, it, the difficulty is, like, just different. I get that basketball, it's not, like, easy, but, like, for s- some of those years, like, LeBron just had absurd teams, and the rest of the East, like, just, they did not have enough. Like, the West has just been a better conference for a long time, and I don't know that he would have done the same thing had he been in the West with that same team when he had, like, his uh, Heat team or whatever, and... Even after that, when he had Kyrie and K-Love, if they're in the West, I, I don't know that he does it nine in a row. I mean, you, I probably not. Like, it's just a much harder road, especially with those Warriors teams. Who knows? But, yeah, I'd say that... I'd say that it's right up there, though, Zach. It's got to be. I mean, that's just absurd to think about. Because, again, like I said, as a Celtics fan, it didn't matter... How fun the IT Celtics at their peak were fun to watch. You knew there is an end to this, and it's before the finals. Like, there, there was nothing inside of me that was like, we have a chance. It's going to be fun. And when it ends, that's okay. Yeah, I, I don't – is it the greatest accomplishment by an individual athlete? I don't – I think it's the, probably the greatest compliment by a basketball player, but because basketball is a team sport, like – individual accomplishments i don't think you're ever going to beat like individual sports like tiger wins the grand slam not like technically but he wins the tiger slam he ends the tiger slam like that's ridiculous like federer some of their runs they went on their years i think that's like more impressive than what lebron did because like lebron had help you know he had Dwayne wade he had Kyrie. you know what he did was a lot of his doing but, like, these individual athletes like Tiger, Federer, they're the only ones. And they're just way better than anyone else. So when I look at best accomplishment by an individual athlete and best accomplishment by a team sport athlete, I think they need to be, like, separated. Okay. No, that's fair. Yeah. So what's more impressive, Jordan's two separate three-peats or LeBron nine straight finals? Oh, the three-peats. Easy. Nine straight finals because oh, those both teams were here. loaded. They I were loaded. Le- Le- Jordan, Jordan, Jordan loaded? retired when Jordan retired, and he went because he got uh, the gambling. He got gambling. He got <laughs> David Stern kicked him out of the league for two years. The, those both teams won fifty-five games each year. LeBron left Cleveland; they're the worst team in the league. LeBron leaves Cleveland again; they're the worst team in the league again. 
So LeBron is more. But you understand, a three-peat hasn't been done since Kobe and Shaq did it. It would have been done last year. It would have been done last year if the Warriors didn't get hurt. But it didn't. They'd have four in a row. They won five straight if if Draymond didn't get suspended. Yeah. Uh, Besides, Celtics got three-peat anyway when they got Jalen Brown. Oh my god! (laughs) I'm just saying, two three-peats in one career. I don't care. What sport it is. Yeah, they're playing against plumbers, too, so that helped. No, in the night, get <laughs> out of here. Get out of here with that trash take. The <laughs> worst take of all drivers. time. No, you could say that about the 60s, not about the 1990s. I mean, get <laughs> out of here. Um, no, two, two three-peats over nine finals appearances, bar none. Bar none. Yeah, I just said. And he didn't lose any of those series. Yeah, he didn't get he didn't go to game seven either. LeBron's three and six. Okay. So I'm just saying, like, overall, if you take Jordan wouldn't have beaten the Warriors the last couple of years. Not a chance. But that but like that's something you can't even really argue. Right. It's it yeah, yeah because it's cross errors. Yeah. And, yeah. But I'm just saying what I think what LeBron did is more impressive. Okay. And I think I think you're wrong. Oh man. Oh man. We'll have to take our, our chat's uh viewpoint on that. Come back with results. I want. I, we're gonna put a Twitter poll up there for it. You know what? I, I want to know. I want to know what the people think. So it, it, it'll be the two three piece from Michael, which is more impressive, that or LeBron's nine straight uh, finals appearances. Well, it's two three piece for Scottie Pippen too. Why don't you just put it up as that? Because we're not, I, we're not talking about Scottie <laughs> Pippen versus two LeBron. three piece for Scottie Pippen versus LeBron. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. All right. Well, if LeBron didn't have you know. Joey Crawford and uh, James Jones and Shane Battier and these All right, we don't even. If yeah. you want to say it like that, we can just say what's more impressive: two three peats in basketball or nine straight finals appearances. There you go. We don't have to attach names, but we'll just if put that it makes up. Makes you feel better. Yeah, sure, sure. All right, that's fair. We got our poll set up. All right, G- glad we we hashed that out. Uh, still think you're wrong, hundred percent. But <laughs> Good. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Most most people think I'm wrong a lot. Well, Which you are, but I mean, <laughs> well, but I mean, outside of that, I mean, Brady nine Super Bowl appearances. That's 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 just absurd. It's almost a fifty percent rate in, of of his career. That's a lot of him, but that's like, that has a lot to do with Belichick. Too. Right, exactly. So I don't. know. I'm just trying to think of other team sport like things that are like comparable to that. There's like certain things though, like in that run that. You could say that's more Belichick, that's more Brady, and I think it washes out. Like the early Super Bowls, I give Belichick a, a lot more credit. The more recent ones, like 20-3, to three, I don't think there's really virtually any other quarterback that could have come back from that. You have to make almost every throw. Like, you can't mess up. Defense obviously had a, had a, had a role, but down 10 points in the fourth quarter to the Seahawks, I mean, come on, that, that was absurd. To be like that fourth quarter performance from him, maybe his best ever. So yeah, I think they all kind of wash out in the end. But yeah, I would say that the nine Super Bowl appearances is absurd. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. And yeah, LeBron to MJ, just crazy, crazy amounts of feats in the last twenty plus years. So we'll see. We'll see who's the next guy to do anything like that. I don't know. Yeah, I got a name. This Jason Tatum oh, guy, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this Jason Tatum guy. Uh, yeah, we got some more stuff that uh, we obviously have to get to here. We got another hour of Mouthing Off Sports. 
um, on WBIM 91.5 FM. Um, there's definitely some miscellaneous stuff that we're going to have to get to, but we also had a huge fight this weekend that we will get to on the other side of the break. We're going to take a quick break here. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight, which was a good one, not quite as thrilling as the first one, but we'll have that for you on the other side. Again, it's the Mouth and Off Sports Show on 91.5 WBIM. And you can call us, by the way, at 508-531-1303. Again, that's 508-531-1303. We'll be right back.
This year, more than 27,000 children will be diagnosed with a life-threatening medical condition. The Make-A-Wish Foundation can give them hope that will lift their spirits in these trying times. You can help make these wishes happen. Find out how. Visit wish.org today. This message has been brought to you by the Make-A-Wish Foundation, the Ad Council, and 91.5 WBIM. All right, we're back. We are back here. This is the Mouth and Off Sports Show here on WBIM 91.5 FM. Second half of the show for you here. And we got plenty of stuff to go over. Two special segments at the end. And some uh, fight talk from over the weekend. Wilder vs. Fury 2. And we got our other co-host and special guest calling in from Parts Unknown. It is Ryan <laughs> Brown. Ryan, how we doing, my friend? Doing fantastic from Parts Unknown. Love to hear it. So we... Uh, <laughs> Hello, Ryan and Parts Unknown. <laughs> Hi, Jonathan. <laughs> Checking in from Parts Unknown. And now nah, I'm in the station. Yo, Ryan and Parts Unknown. What do you got for us? Yo, Ryan at partsunknown.gmail.com. What's good? Uh, so we're, we already talked a bunch of Bruins, a bunch of Celtics. Zach had a lot of takes on the Celtics in the NBA. Big oh, basketball guy. Oh, let's go. Let's, I mean, you love to see that. Um, you know, we talked all that. We talked a little bit of golf because, you know, golf's back. And yeah, we, I didn't like that. <laughs> Ryan is unretiring from golf. <laughs> Ryan's Perhaps. a closeted golf stand. Yeah. Closeted yeah. golf Loves stand. golf. Loves golf more than anything. Um, but now. All right, chill. We got uh, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury 2 from over the weekend. Just an absolute domination. Domination, electric factory from Tyson Fury. Uh, winning this one, we already walked in for a third due to the rematch clause. Ryan, can we get your initial takeaways from that uh, that beatdown? Uh, yeah, that was about as one-sided as a heavyweight championship unification bout can possibly get i mean wilder didn't i mean he landed a couple of decent jabs but aside from that it was just fury just leaning on him about every 30 seconds and then just unloading on wilder like it it was bad like and then i'm sorry but to top it all off you lose and then you say you blame it on your <laughs> like your ring entrance attire that was too heavy. The the, the costume was too heavy. The batteries were too heavy. Uh, unbelievable. What? <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I couldn't believe he actually said that. Because like he he towed he towed his way there post fight. Like he, he kind of made a couple excuses and then so you know not to make any excuses but I'm gonna make excuses and then. You know, I was like, all right, whatever. But then he comes out with the whole costume thing and, you know, saying it was like a legit workout for him to walk out to the ring in that. Like, dude, this is like the biggest fight of your life. How 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 did you not realize that was going to be the case? Like, if you're wearing it, you should know. All right, maybe just ditch it, whatever. Dude, and even so, like, a workout just to like walk out. Did he, like, not try it on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, and Fury gets carried out there. He doesn't have to take any steps. He's carried out. On a throne. Just genius move. Anytime somebody says, I'm not, I don't want to make excuses, but 
they always make an excuse. Yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, tough. Tyson Fury said beforehand he wanted to taste blood. He literally <sighs> tasted the dude's blood, licked it off Wilder's face. A little disgusting, but also sicko move by a just unre a, a sick human being. That was that was Mike Tyson esque. Yeah. Oh no, I mean Mike Tyson bit the dude's ear. Well, it was esque though. Like I've never seen someone intentionally like like put their mouth or tongue on another yeah. person in a boxing match like that since then like i i've never seen so much blood just like there was blood all over fury yeah. but it was all wilder's blood that when he was punching him it was just and they were getting wrapped up it was just spewing all over oh him. his ear was just demolished oh my god and then his his towel or his corner threw in the towel and, and he did not like that wilder did not like that at all but the dude he wasn't throwing punches that that last round, he just he was getting hit. He'd cover up, and he just wasn't fighting back. He just looked like he was out on his feet. He even said he, he like his legs had had been shot after three rounds. I, I mean, just from walking out in a costume, that <laughs> I don't buy that. Well, yeah, but like it it wouldn't surprise me because he did look like he just had nothing. Like the second half of that fight, I'm like, there's no way. It's just a matter of when, not yeah. if. And Fury. Like, jeez, I mean, the way he imposed, like, Ryan, what you mentioned, like, leaning on him, just using that frame and all that weight, it, he just, he made Wilder look like a, a, just such a smaller fighter. I know that Fury's bigger, but only by, you know, a, a few inches. I mean, it's like 40 pounds. Too, yeah. 40 pounds and just, man, he just, th- from the from the get-go, he just kept imposing his will. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to give you any time. To, to regain yourself. Just masterful. It is crazy to me how well he moves for such a big guy. Oh. At 270, whatever. Six, then, six nine two like 270. Yeah, he's he moves like he's a cloud. Like, he's just floating around. <laughs> Wilder's throwing some punches, and he's just dodging left and right. He's, it was a masterful, masterful performance by Tyson Fury, and... Unless Wilder changes a lot of things, I don't see how he competes uh, in the round three or the next, the yeah. next fight. Yeah. yeah. And again, yeah, we got Wilder and Fury three this summer, apparently, so, or tentatively. I wonder if his eardrum is going to be okay by then. Yeah. Uh, do you see, Ryan, do you see Wilder have any shot in a rematch here? I think he could definitely have a shot. I mean, you saw what happened the first time around. He yeah. knocked Tyson Fury down to the mat twice. Fury made a miraculous recovery both times, but for all intents and purposes, I mean, it was you wouldn't be wrong to say Wild if you were to pick one of the two to, who won that first round or that first fight rather, it would probably be Wilder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to just get dominated in the rematch after the first one gets ruled a draw, that, that's that's going to be really tough for him to come back from. Not so much from a physical standpoint, from just a mental standpoint. I mean, he just took an absolute beating. It was. It was just like, like a like a little league team playing another little league team, and it's just like you don't belong in the same field. Yeah. Like it was, it was just that bad. And I, I so I, I think he just aside from not screw, allegedly screwing himself over pre-fight with costumes and whatnot. I, I, I think it's just got a, a mental game for him. Just get the confidence back together, and I think he could definitely stand a chance in uh, the third and final trilogy bout. 
I mean, I wonder how much it's going to weigh on him, too. I mean, the first loss of your professional career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, both guys are wanting to feed it. So somebody was going to get a, their first loss. But it's got to be demoralizing to – you did all this work to be undefeated, be the champion, and then you just get dominated and lose that. That's not something easy to overcome mentally. No, and I give him credit for lasting as long as he did. Like, because – I mean, it was for a while. Like, his ear just was clearly destroyed. And, you know, he stuck in there. Like, I, that could not have been easy just, just within itself just to stay in there, whatever condition he was in going into it. Regardless, he got, he got beat down in every sense of the term. And, like, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't actually go out. Like, he didn't actually get knocked out. I... I was like, this is going to be a KO. It's not going to be a TKO. It's He's going to get knocked out. And that first knockdown, uh, I forget which round it was, but right then and there, you're like, oh, no. Oh, I mean, if you're already getting knocked down here, this guy is huge, and you're not looking so hot. Now your ear's bleeding um, profusely, and it's like they were even saying, like the announcers, like, you're – Equilibrium, you know, goes yeah. haywire if your eardrum gets smashed like that. I mean, anybody who's had like a ear infection or anything, you know, even like just oh, yeah. something little like that messes with your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm looking forward to Wilder Fury three. I wonder how, you know, if if we get a Fury Joshua fight at some point, or if those paths ultimately cross. I don't know. Obviously, I don't think Joshua is nearly as tough as Wilder, but who knows? I mean, right now, the Gypsy King is the Gypsy King. Uh, no one's touch, touching Tyson Fury right now. And I would put everything... I would mortal lock Tyson Fury in the rematch, but that's not my mortal lock. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm glad that the fight's over with now, though, so we don't have to have any extra Max Kellerman on TV. Oh. There's no one thinks he's more knowledgeable in a field than Max Kellerman does with boxing and fighting. Like he, I swear, he thinks he is like, just. Un- He's insufferable. I, like I, I can't even put it into words. I'd rather, I'd rather see someone like Stephen A. who doesn't take it too too seriously, but still gives good analysis, but doesn't pretend like he's you know boxing journalist of the world that uh, knows all and just has this crazy intellect about it. I mean, give it a break, Kellerman. Like, we got you. Just chill. But my favorite is Teddy Atlas on ESPN. I don't know if you guys ever see him in Stephen A, but those two just go at it, and it's like half like shtick, half whatever, but it's just hilarious because they just go at each other. Um, but, yeah, that's that's talking boxing um, here on Mouth and Off Sports, you know. And First I, time ever. Yeah. I mean, if, if you give us a reason to talk about whatever, the sport, like whatever, like I knew we were going to have to touch on this. Because it, it was huge. It, I mean, it was one of the biggest boxing fights in how long? Um, since Mayweather-McGregor. Yeah. And he, even that is like, all right, this is cool. It's sort of novelty. But this is like two guys who are the titans of their sport. Everyone cares about it. You know, it's just good to see that for the sport in general. And we'll see how it goes in the next few years with uh, this trio. Wilder, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury. We'll see how it goes. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so expect uh, expect this rematch. I heard the summer. I mean, it could be a little later than that, I guess, but summer would be a great time for it. But, 
Yeah. Uh, Ryan, before we get into our other stuff, is there anything that you felt compelled to bring up about the other topics we touched on, or are you good? No. No, I got nothing. Uh, All right. Well, in other news, uh, you know, we have two special segments uh, for the end of the show, both our draft. We're doing another draft. I wasn't a part of the last one, but the boys started off a great segment on Periscope uh, on the off-air pod over the weekend where you do a little fancy draft for whatever topic or subject. Um, this uh, The one on the off-air pod was uh, starting pitching in, in the league, <laughs> if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week we'll be doing backyard baseball players. So there's about there's 30 backyard, original backyard baseball players, and between the four of us, we're going to have a little fantasy draft in just a little bit um, surrounding. I swear to God, if the draft order is rigged again, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> it's always rigged we'll when see. Zach makes the draft. It's, it's true. It's always rigged for um, me. Yep. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. We're each going to pick four players. And the one exception in this draft specifically is that no one can draft Pablo Sanchez. We all know he's the GOAT. I mean, that, I mean, it is absurd, that dude, compared to everyone else in that game. We all know that. So if you're a backyard baseball fan or just know of it at all, you will enjoy that draft. But I just want to give a couple of miscellaneous updates before we get to the random number generator. And that's just some news around uh, sports. Louis uh, Severino, Tommy John surgery, out for the year. Tough blow for the Yankees on what Later. is a stacked team that desperately needs guys like him to be uh, in their starting rotation. Big blow. And this one isn't really that breaking, but it's just fun. Uh, Jose Altuve already gets hit by a pitch in spring training, so the war has begun. On I got a little more for uh, Louis Severino. Oh, yeah, yeah, Zach, breaking moves. Well, no, it's not Yeah, He signed a... <laughs> Four-year, $40 million extension with the Yankees almost a year ago. He's pitched 12 innings since. Now headed for Tommy John. He has $31.2 million left, plus a $15 million club option for 2023. Even Chris Sale's better Ooh. than that. And it's true. He's going to be on Sales the field. so much better. I mean, he might not pitch 12 innings this year, but oh he pitched more than 12 right. innings last year at least. Jeez. Uh, All right, Chief. That's enough out of you. Um, And then... Brady, uh, apparently Don Yee is going to meet with the Patriots at the NFL Combine. That's a little bit of a development, I guess. They're actually going to start meeting to talk terms or numbers, whatever. I don't know. There's still just a ton of random rumor speculation out there about this whole thing. And like we've seen guys like Drew Brees, he stays. Cam Newton looks like the Panthers are going to move forward with him. And it's just... Not that much movement is actually happening with uh, these quarterbacks like we thought. We'll see going forward with Brady, Rivers, and whoever else. I mean, I think the Bears are obviously doubling, tripling down with Mitch Trubisky, which, good luck with that. Um, But, yeah, so any Brady developments or news, we will be on top of it. If there's anything, like, truly breaking, I'm talking, like, breaking, breaking with Brady. If we have to go off air, we will go off air and talk about it if need be. So, there's that. Um, Just to yeah, back back to your the Astros like um, with Altuve getting hit already. I mean that didn't look like intentional, 
but I just wonder how long this whole scandal is going to follow, like him, Bregman, Springer. Like, is this going to be something that follows them their entire careers? Because Altuve is on was on a trajectory that he'll be a Hall of Famer. And you see guys like Bonds and Clemens not getting into the Hall of Fame as some of the best players of all time because of steroids. I almost think it's possible that he doesn't, if his career keeps going, he he might get some of the same treatment for being labeled a cheater. I agree. <clears throat> I actually, I strongly agree with that. Like, especially, it depends how like nasty this season gets too, which I think it's going to get pretty nasty uh, between opposing players, teams, and the Astros, whether it's in-game, off the field. We've already seen the rounds from Mike Trout, Andrew Judge, Cody Bellinger, whoever sorry, else. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What's, what's Judge's first name again? Aaron. I said Andrew, didn't I? Yeah. Freudian slips, man. I, you know, there's nothing worse. But the only person in my mind, like in the baseball world, that has come out to give any sort of support Big for Poppy. the Astros is Big Poppy, of all people. What are you doing? Well, you know, that's a conspiracy theory, too. What? Is what? that yeah. the Manfred told the Red Sox that he's not going to give them as harsh of a punishment if they come out and back him on this. And then so because the Red Sox helped Poppy with the whole shooting thing, they're telling him to say yeah. this stuff. I mean, hey. I, I'm a big – I believe that. A lot of that's probably going on. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the dots all connect. I mean, it's right a conspiracy, there. but I think it might be facts. <laughs> that, all the dots connect perfectly well, on that one. I'll tell you right now, them firing Cora – could have totally been a, hey, you know, get out early on this, fire this guy, and we'll do our report, but, you know, it'll help you if you just cut bait with Cora immediately. Because um, the Astros stuff already had come out. They're still investigating everything else with the Red Sox and the type of involvement, um, the level of involvement or cheating, whatever, that went on in 2018. So, I mean, there's still a lot. I mean... I just can't believe it. it's like the only person in the baseball world that's not involved with the Astros that has defended them is an all-time Red Sox great that, man, I, I don't love that look. I, I understand if you're Poppy, he's probably really close with those guys. I think he is, like with Altuve, Correa, you know, those guys there. But, I mean, I don't think you really had to come on in and be like, oh, yeah, the Mookie trade, yeah, you know, you get all this – years of control with these guys and it's like oh man he's defending the red sox mookie trade he's defending the astros like uh, don't love that definitely don't love that yeah can i just say one thing before i move on oh, yeah to zach's thing about el tuve affecting him getting into the hall of fame i think that's a fair point but i would say this i think it could help el tuve in the long run not like help his chances of getting in the Hall of Fame, but like help his the fact because it came out now when he's 29. So now he could, he still has like you know 10 years in the league. They're not hypothetically going to be cheating going forward. So people can say, well, yes, he did this till then, but then the next 10 years he was just as good, if not better. So he, did he really need the cheating? As with like Bonds and Clemens, like everything came out post playing career. Really, mm-hmm. like Bonds a little bit less. Like everyone knew he was doing roids when he was still in the league but like you, you know what i'm saying i yeah i i'm sorry but i i think it will affect them getting into the hall does it completely take him out maybe it takes him like the full 10 years on the ballot whatever but i think it does affect them because honestly 
it, this feels bad right now, but as we see throughout the season, we'll see how nasty it does get. And if players continue this, like, outspoken, like, they cheated, well, while Carlos Correa is telling Cody Bellinger to get the facts or F off, I mean, that like, I mean, okay, like, all right, if they're if they're going to get their backs up about this, I don't think guys are going to be shy. I don't think they're just going to fade away and be like, oh, whatever, it happened. So the media will cover that. Baseball has been talked about more in the past two, three months, probably than during any of the last, like, five seasons. I mean, like, the amount that the, you know, public, you know, discourse has been about this offseason is insane, good or bad. But, yeah, to Zach's point, yeah, I, I think it does hurt them. I don't know if it completely keeps them out, though. Ryan, anything on that? Um, I, I think it could hinder his chances, but I don't think it rules it out completely. It'll, it'll make it much more difficult for him to get in for sure, but I, I tend to agree with Jonathan. Uh, I He's got plenty of time to try and, and make a case that, hey, look, I didn't need to do that. I was just doing that because I can. I wanted to help my team win. But now now he's got, like John said, 10, 10 or so years to try and right the wrong to the best that he can and try and prove that he is that what he says he is and he, he doesn't he's just as good with or without cheating so uh, we'll, we'll see yeah yeah no i'm that's a great point that jonathan made because thank you yeah uh, yeah you're well i gotta you know there's so few of them i gotta give me <laughs> give you a little gold star when you do one um is that if he's just an average hitter that like he's not winning uh batting titles and going for MVPs and stuff the rest of his career, then there's probably a decent amount of people that are going to be like, well, he was only great because they had the cheating stuff. So he's got a chance to either really prove people wrong about the cheating or kind of back himself into a corner because he's had as good of a first – whatever six seven years of his career as he possibly can yeah mm-hmm. i mean he's not he's was on track i mean he still is kind of based on his stats speed you know like an all-time like, he, like you know he's a generational type talent yeah basically. he i mean if he keeps going to this rate he should be right up there as, uh around like the hits yeah. especially with his size and stuff is is really like no one there's really like no one to kind of compare him to basically yeah, I mean, yeah. kind of like i mean he's a better pedroia yeah a lot better pedroia well, I mean, Pedroia came in, won the, won yeah, the rookie yeah, of the year, MVP. Yeah, a lot, a lot more durability. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see durability because, I mean, Pedroia was good durability up for the right. first. He's, he is better than Pedroia. Yeah, uh, that's what I said, a better Pedroia. Yeah. But, okay. like, the same size. They both play yeah. second base. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. Uh, um, uh, Kid hates me. Do we have a uh, Just gave him a number generator for the backyard oh, baseball draft? Oh, wait, drive? Ryan, let me, get, let me get your thoughts on this. Jonathan said that Tatum's oh, yes. ceiling is Kevin Durant. Uh, so it's not the worst comparison in the world. I'll, I'll give him that. I, I think it's definitely a, a bit much at this point. I think it's. Yeah, I think he's doing a, his classic prisoner of the moment. I have a Jason Tatum bias. Well, I'm not a prisoner of the moment on Jason Tatum because I've been on Jason Tatum forever. No, no, but now that you see him putting up all NBA performances, now you think that you can come out and call him the next Kevin Durant. I would have called him Kevin Durant before the season even started. Why hadn't you done that then? 
I literally did. I've told you many times you're going to be the best player no, in the league. No, this is the first time. Ask Nick. No. Ask Lil Mike. You've never, you've never made this tape. I was literally. Regardless. Whatever. Regardless. Uh, he's not better than Paul Pierce already. Uh, Thank you. He, he, he's not. He, he can be better than Paul Pierce. I, I think his ceiling can be higher than Paul Pierce for sure. Mm -hmm. um, because he's just, like Jonathan said, he's already leaps and bounds ahead of him as a, uh, ahead of Pierce as an offensive weapon. Uh, and the fact that he's already adding defensive utility, like he's all, already uh, made himself a pretty good defender is, is another testament to his exponential growth. But I, I wouldn't go so far as calling him, giving him Kevin Durant ceiling just yet. Okay, fair. Thank you. Ryan, uh, one more one more quick thing that you probably heard. What is more impressive, nine straight finals appearances in the NBA or two three-peats? Nine straight finals. Thank you. I mean, that's just absurd. No, it's not. I mean, that, it's that, not. that is just... Thank you, you know Ryan. how hard it is to get to the... To, it, look, it's so hard to win a championship, right? But do you know how hard it is to get there each and every single year and to do it for almost a decade straight down conference jordan's teams no, were loaded so we're all no, no. not like jordan's oh. if, if, the, if the east was such a weak conference why didn't the bulls do it i mean the east was stronger back then we're talking about two different time frames okay but when they weren't winning it what were they doing I mean, there was other teams, great teams, you know, like the Bad Boy they didn't Pistons. Even make the but still, I mean, it's because they had greater competition. Like, if you had put LeBron those nine finals appearances in the West, I, he does not make it okay, nine straight so, times. So then you can say the same thing about the Bulls. What if you would put them in the West? Well, I think they were in. And a, he had to go through the Spurs. Well, I still. The Jazz. You know, th there were still some tough teams you know, that he had to get through in the East. And then also he never lost in the finals for those two three-peats. And I know we're not talking about LeBron winning those finals because he didn't. He's three and six in those nine appearances. But nonetheless, actually, I, I think it's eight. Because he has nine total finals appearances. I, it was eight straight, not nine straight. I'm sorry. Because the that one more that we're talking about was in 07. Yeah. So technically eight, whatever. We're parsing hairs, but... All right, we're we're putting that poll on Twitter. I I will be vindicated. I'm very very confident. Yeah, just because you and your burners and Nick and his burners go and vote for your I don't have your, a burner your account then <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't validate anything. I'm God. torn. I'm torn on this one. I, I I lean championships just because you had to win another series and you had to get it done. But eight straight, man, to not get hurt at all in eight plus it's, years, yeah. and like, like you get hurt a little bit, and you miss a playoff run, and you guys lose. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, uh, totally. I, mean, I don't know. It's tough because in their own right, both of them are absurd. Yes, to to threepeat twice in your in your career, C to make it to eight straight finals, let alone eight in general. I, like yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard, but you know. So let me let me let me make this comparison then. It may not as good, 
but it, it's, it's at least more for us being a Patriots fans. So we've won. You won 01, 03, 04. And then you had the three that we won that were more recent. But we've also played in, like, what? Nine. Nine. Nine, nine Super Bowls? So yeah. which is more impressive? The fact that the, the Patriots have played in the Super Bowl half the time, the time that Brady's been here, or the fact that they won, like, three out of four twice? <laughs> Uh, three out of four. Three out yeah. of four. Yep, definitely. All right, so then that, that's how you should vote on the the basketball one. Well, I think it's di- I think basketball it's different because it's a different sport. Well, yeah, well, but, well, but the three out of four that goes to the three peat in basketball. No, I know. I'm just, no, 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 no. I know, I know. I mean, well, I'm just saying. I, I just don't think that they're apples to orange. Apples to apples. I think it's more apples to oranges because just different sport. Yeah, I and think it's oranges to bananas. I I. <laughs> I think the I'll, I'll take the three out of four Super Bowl wins over nine <laughs> tears away from my eyes over nine appearances any day of the week versus again the two three peats or you get to be there nine times I'll take the, the two three peats as being more impressive. Yeah, but, my thing is Dan is that what would I rather have? Obviously, I'd rather have the six championships, but I just think getting to nine eight straight finals is just more impressive, especially. I think different both, teams, but yeah. you know, different salary caps and whatnot in today's day and age. It's just, it's just so impressive. It is impressive. I think, I think we'd be able to lean more that side if he had won, like say five out of eight instead of three out of eight, because we wouldn't be saying, "Oh, he made eight straight." We'd be saying, "Oh, LeBron won five titles in eight years or something like." If he had won over half of them, so I think. He, if he had won five out of eight, I'd go with that over the two three beats. Yeah, the fact that the Pats have won six times, they've only lost three, that really helps the hey, I'll take the I'll take, you know, the two great times in the dynasty over, you know, nine just the nine appearances because they won more. But anyways, um, yeah, we'll put that poll out. I want I want answers. Um Got about Wait, who ended up winning the poll um, for our fantasy draft we had the other Shut one. up. I think you know who won the poll. <laughs> Zach. No, I you know don't. damn well who Zach, no, Zach won the poll. Because you said, oh, I did? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Zach no, because you said I was. Because it was rigged. You said I was up, and then I went and looked at it, and Jonathan was up by a point. I so definitely I didn't, didn't I vote didn't for Zach. Definitely I definitely didn't. voted for myself because I smoked you guys. <laughs> but nonetheless, there's, al- there's always the next week, the next draft to be better and to dethrone Zach, who's 1-0 on uh, fantasy draft weeks. This week, Backyard Baseball draft. We each get four picks out of 30 players, technically 29 because Pablo is not available to use. He's the GOAT, we all know. Um, so we don't want to skew uh, you know, the right, results. You could pick whoever gets first pick. You pick Pablo. They could pick three scrubs after that, and you're still probably picking their team over anybody else's. Yep. So, do we got a random number generator here, Zach? Random, random right now. Let's see. All right, Ryan, you're going to be happy. Dan at one, Ryan at two, Jonathan three, and I'm last. Oh. Still rigged. Still rigged. Sir. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I got the first pick. That's that's your name. It's true. First, Um, First pick. So... Okay. I did not really think I'd have the first pick. 
but since I oh do, my God, my boy Pete Wheeler, welcome to the club. Are you playing the backyard? Yeah, baseball music we got right backyard now? baseball music, baby. That's right. That's right. Stay, stay cultured. Pete Wheeler on the board, number one overall. It's a good pick. Uh, uh, so Ryan's a Ryan. Are we right? Yeah, yeah uh, we need this on the record. Hmm. I would, but if I close this, the music will stop playing. Be a I'm gonna go with on the clock. I'm gonna go with Ahmed Khan. Ahmed Khan, Ooh. a solid, you know, solid Ahmed pick. Khan, dude, playing with headphones that are twice the size of his head. Yeah, that's a those are mean, those are beats beats X. He was ahead of his time. In the early two thousands, he probably had a disc player in his pocket too. I mean, that's a lot of hardware. Bendy. And also had a July birthday and Duh. nickname Axeman. Taking my July birthday. <laughs> Love to see that. Sir. All right. All right, Jonathan. I'm going with um Kenny Kawaguchi. He he is one of only two players with uh, four pitching, so I got my ace to lock down my staff uh, with my first pick. And he plays in a wheelchair. When he gets moving, he gets moving. He has two out of four no for stopping. running, but okay. Yeah, well, he's got four out of four. Oh, for man. He's got three out of four for running. What are you looking at, Are you? Oh, really? Yeah, he's got oh, three yeah. out of four. Yeah. Yeah, he's got three out of four. Yeah, yeah. you looking at that uh, medium yeah, yeah. article too, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't hit, can't. Oh, yeah. I was playing the music too. Yeah, I thought I heard you playing it or something. I was like, wait. Oh, man. All right. Two picks here. Zach on the clock. Wow. Number four overall. Number four overall. It's going to be. Oh, uh, man. Just because they're not going to get back to me. Taking Keisha Phillips. Oh. That's a good one. You know, That's a good one. She just drops bombs. Nukes. Oh, love her. Um, oh, man. And then at number five, we're going to go with Stephanie Morgan. Okay. Okay. Athlete. Right all-around athlete. And right. so we are back to Jonathan. Um, with my second pick, uh, I got some slack because uh, Kenny Kawaguchi only gets two on the batting. He's got two on the fielding. So what am I going to do? I'm going to offset him by picking Jocinda Smith, who has four on the batting and four on the fielding. And now they're just they're just a filthy duo. They just offset each other perfectly. It's a great pick. A little fire and ice action. It's going to lead us to the championship. <laughs> That is a, that's a great pick right there. <laughs> Fire night. That's a gem. Uh, Ryan, right? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with... Hmm, I'm going to go with Dante Robinson. Okay, solid, I mean, solid, solid. Yo, speed I, guy. My, my first pick wasn't exactly the, the fastest. Uh, he does have a three for running, uh, which is solid. But we need some more speed. And Dante Robinson, four out of four stars, or baseballs. I mean, all I have to do is feed him an endless supply baseballs. of candy and hamburgers, and I've got my center fielder of the future. I mean, can't go wrong there. That's a solid pick. 
Jonathan, I'm really mad. You took my pick. You weep. But, um, you know, Cheers. it happens. It happens to the best of us. Um, my pick, oh, Zach's going to love this, Mikey Thomas. Oh, good pick. You know, Slug we... Damn it. Damn so, it. So, damn, I, was, I thought she would get back. I mean, uh, I thought he would get back to me. <laughs> yeah, so this guy, Mikey Thomas, uh, he's got full batting, um, four baseballs there. His fielding's pretty solid, three out of four. And, you know, two two balls for pitching there. Probably not going to use them there. But this guy rakes. All he does is hit absolute bombs. And he's just, he's a beast, man. So, Mikey Thomas, I got that power in my lineup. I got P.D. Wheeler with the speed and the contact. Give me Mikey Thomas. Yeah. I, I almost took him, silly for the fact that uh, I was called Mikey Thomas in playing up, growing baseball. <laughs> Playing baseball growing up, that's, that's a, man, that's a blow. It's a tough scene. Dan, you got another pick. Oh, that's right, snake. <laughs> uh, so this one's tough. This one's pretty tough, but you know what? I just uh, scrolled by her. This is this is a no-brainer. You know, Vicky Kawaguchi. She cannot bat to save her life. Yeah, she can. She can't bat, but. She has full-out, maxed-out speed. Uh, she's three out of four for pitching and a great fielder. Four baseballs, uh, stat-wise, out of four for pitching. Uh, sorry, fielding. So if you're using her to bat like I will, you just a little bunt down the third baseline. All good to go. No worries. And she's a great fielder. Yet again, put her at first or third, and you're set. So, yeah. it's a good pick. Good pick. Gracias. Ryan? I'm going to go with Angela Del Vecchio. No. I got to get the ace. S- <laughs> I got plenty you, of There's speed no way you were going to take her. The fact you that right the Why? You already have a pitcher. Like, like player so, ever? I'm just going to take her for my team. Uh, but four-star pitcher? Uh, that's just perfect. God damn it, Ryan. That's, that's just beautiful. Ryan, you stink. And up next, I don't have a pitcher. <laughs> you take it, brother. Yeah, I, I can't believe nobody's taking him in. He's, he's slided. He is he's sliding. sliding way down. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Tony Delvecchio. I'm not a big fan of him either. <laughs> oh, this media, this medium article has him ranked sixth, and yeah. we're at pick. I just think I just think he might be a team killer. I mean, he's just I think he's too cool. Like he's just he's, he's gonna bring stuck up. He's gonna bring cool. the cigs in. And he's yeah. just gonna ruin everything. I don't know. Yeah. He's like anytime I've actually used him, I'm like, why does it say his batting's this good? Like, it's not. Like, there's he must be the Kyrie Irving of the, the backyard in baseball league. <laughs> he, he walked so Kyrie Irving could fly. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> but yeah, so Zach is working on his third overall pick here. No, it's Jonathan. Oh, it's Jonathan. No, it's me. Sorry. Oh, he didn't yeah. even know he's on the I clock. Shot too. clock. You got okay. ten seconds. I am going three. With- Ernie Steele. Solid. This this guy, uh, it says here, he's an absolute machine. I'm going to stick him in center field. He must have ridiculous reins because this article says, quote, this kid is like 7'4". So <laughs> I think he can cover a lot of range out there. Hopefully he's, he's like a gazelle. Uh, he doesn't look like Taco Fall and doesn't get his coordination up. But I, I like this pick. He's got long strides, 7'4", can't teach height, 
we can develop him into something special. <laughs> you know what, Jonathan, what I need to know is how you're going to get his hat to stay on his head. See uh, that haircut? Yeah, I see it. That. Uh, how's that? How is that happening? Carefully. Well, this is where we um, take into effect that it's an uh, animation and it doesn't <laughs> have to deal with actual wind or anything like that. <laughs> ah, okay. Are you concerned about his birthday being the day after 420? Um, no. He's a good kid. He's got, no. his, he's got, his, he's got his hat on straight, so he's good. <laughs> Man, you know. And that's legal. Who needs pitching in this? Right. right, just out hit everyone. It might, it might just load up. <laughs> uh, now we're getting we're getting down to the the nitty gritty. Yeah. Um. I guess we're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep the the all female team going with uh, Annie Frazier. Oh, you are such a progressive. Why why you gotta do that? Andy what, Frazier. You took my pick. You're good. And then, you know, we're just going to... Who need... Uh, we'll take a little pitch in. We'll take uh, Luan... Lou? Louis. Louis? Yeah. Louis? Luan Louis. Nice. Nice. A solid team you got there, Z, from where you were put. You were putting a rock in a hard place. You know? <laughs> I mean, he put himself there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll love to see it. Yeah. Like, I mean... That's fair, but <laughs> we're we're gonna be the best hitting team in the league, though. That's for sure. That's impossible. Well, you just gotta outscore everyone. Uh, we're just 13, gonna 12. we're just gonna try to run away from everybody. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that leaves me. No, no, Jonathan. Jonathan. Oh, no, Jonathan. Sir, I'm lost in the snake, dude. Sir's lost in the sauce. S- the snakes. The snakes got me. Okay. This is a tough pick. It's my last pick. I gotta make it right. I'm. I kind of want to pick Del Vecchio, but he's been he's sliding so much. I just think he's a team killer. Um, he's just he's just too cool for school. I don't think he's gonna get along with the team. He's not gonna mesh. Um, so I'm just looking for a solid player. I'm going with upside here. I'm going with youth. I'm going with Amir Khan, Ahmed's younger brother. Um, young guy, you. young guy. Bad choice. Um, we're we're going for a potential here. We're going for a steal <laughs> in the last round. Hopefully, uh, he's already got three batting, uh, three pitching, two running, two fielding. So, you know, get those up to threes. Get those threes up to fours. And I think you're looking at a real potential here. And especially he's so young. He's like six years old. What do you think he's gonna do when he's ten? He's gonna be cooking. Fair. Very fair. fair. So that leads us to Ryan. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it. Dimitri Petrov. I almost get him. Give me the backyard nerd. This guy is just, I mean, three batting and three running. We're the best hitting and running team. Can't pitch for a lick, but he can bat and run. Does not make any mistakes. And he brought his slide rule with him. So we are winning this thing, baby. See, that's where you're wrong, Ryan. Um, uh, that's impossible. That's where you're wrong. Um, with the final pick of the 2020 Mouthing Sports Backyard Baseball Fantasy Draft, sponsored by 
Dunkin' Donuts and Mary Lou's. Hey, <laughs> what? F- final pick. Uh, we will be selecting Maria Luna with the final pick of the draft. She's pretty solid, I'd say, especially for the final pick here. Maybe French player a little bit, but she's got three batting, three running. Can't pitch at all, but that's okay. We got that covered. We already got that covered. It's all good. And then three for fielding. I have a great fielding team. I have, like, one pitcher. That's fine. That's all I need. Uh, and I got good hitting. And we're fast. Nobody on my team is slow. You're not catching us. We'll steal every base. We'll bunt any time we get. We'll hit out of your shift. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're taking you down and put it on the board. That is our backyard baseball fantasy draft. And Are we going to recap in the team? Uh, poor yeah. Tony Del Vecchio. So, yeah, poor Tony Del Vecchio. <laughs> ranked sixth in the medium article. Carmelo drafted in the top 16. Um, so, Dan got Pete Wheeler, Mikey Thomas, Vicky Kawaguchi, and Maria Luna. Wagon. Ryan got Ahmed Khan, Dante Robinson, Angela Del Vecchio, Dimitri Petrovich. There you go. Yep. Jonathan got Kenny Kawaguchi, Justina Smith, Ernie Steele, and Amir Khan. Absolutely. And I got Stephanie Morgan, Keisha Phillips, Annie Frazier, and Luann Louis. Solid team. (laughs) I think we're fair we're fairly fairly matched, I think, if we actually put put these to the the (laughs) test. We're Um, gonna we're gonna put out the everything with with all the the rate our average ratings for our team and everything. Yeah, and Zach will win because the Twitter's just it's just biased towards him. Because Twitter knows in. what's up. Everyone will come and just vote. Nah. Him. No, I'm no making matter, my debut. No matter what, no matter what he says, Twitter will vote. I'm gonna win in my debut. Smart, you know, I'm winning my in my debut. You'll see. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll see. We will see. We shall. Um. Yeah, I think that was effective. Uh, Mount Rushmore of the week is presented to you by Ryan Brown. Ryan Brown is on our uh, Mary Lou's expert hotline. Parts Unknown. Presented by Parts Unknown. Sponsored by Parts Unknown. Uh, Ryan. So, yeah. What's our Mount Rushmore this week? Yeah. Mount Rushmore this week is ice cream. I'm sorry, what? You say ice cream? Yeah, ice cream flavors. Okay. Okay, all right. So we're going to go with, for our Mount Rushmore, <clears throat> got to go with vanilla. We're going to go with chocolate dough. Uh, we're going to go with the chocolate and vanilla swirl. And then Friendly's chocolate fudge brownie flavor. I mean, just right off the bat, I think this list is just a fraud. Um to not have cookies and cream. Uh, or yeah, that's a mistake. No cookies and just cream an is an absolute miss. Big miss. No yeah. cookies and cream is disgusting. Yeah. Not to include that. <laughs> the I'm, first I'm sorry. cream is overrated. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh if God. anything, it's underrated. <laughs> yeah. Please. I, I'm the huge vanilla stand, and so vanilla is fine. The other three to have cookies and cream under that is ridiculous. Yeah, and I got one thing to say. I like chocolate chip cookie dough. But I could do without the chocolate chips. Yeah. I could, yep. The ice cream and the cookie dough is just fine with me. Yep. The chocolate chips, they can just they can get out. They can, get, they can yeah. get out. Yep. They're like, yep. they hurt. Like yep. they, they just, they don't add to that. They have yep. anything they take away. That's crap. I completely agree. 
And the chocolate vanilla swirl, like soft serve ice cream, can just go, just step on a Lego. Just leave. Yeah, I would rather just eat straight vanilla or straight chocolate. Yeah, I yeah, I'd, I'd rather eat Italian ice than than wow, soft serve. Than soft serve? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't soft like soft serve. Good. Soft serve is terrible. Like Dairy Queen? It, well, like if you get the little chocolate dip in there, then I mean, we're changing things up. I mean, I would admit, yeah, I would definitely say solid, like hard ice cream beats soft serve. Oh, it's a runaway. But I mean, I don't. I'm not. I got love for soft serve. Like I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna hate. Like I'll eat soft serve any day. Yeah, big soft serve over hard. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, that I disagree that, with. Yeah. Good hard ice cream is better than soft serve, but I'm not. It's like, you know. Alpha beta, whereas I think Zach's saying like alpha omega or something like that. Well, it was like my comparison with Dan with Tatum and Brown. Tatum, Tatum and Brown is like alpha delta. <laughs> yeah, alpha the delta. That's tough. <laughs> tough luck, Jalen. Well, yeah, I would say the cookies and cream has to be in there, Ryan. That's a that's a big big mistake. I don't know if I love. Nope. At, hold on, <laughs> I don't know if I love you. Putting a flavor in there called vanilla chocolate swirl. I know you can request that. I don't know that that's a. No, that's a flavor coming out of the ice cream machine. But it's yeah. like it, it's like. But it's but it's very clearly a, a swirl. The flavor. Yeah, it's just you're just taking vanilla and chocolate, and you're like, hey, have them both at, at the same time. I mean that that'd be yeah, like that's, that's called a flavor, Dan. Uh, nah, I, I agree, Dan. I, I like the it's, point. I don't. Think I it don't counts. know. I don't think it counts. Because it would be like saying, like, like, you know, they're each their own flavor by themselves. It's like if I if I take if I take like Sprite and I take ginger ale and I just pour them in the same glass. You order that from a restaurant? No, I'm saying like, but I'm saying like if someone were to combine two things or like whatever, like I just don't I don't know. But it has a definitive like you can walk up to like. An ice cream, like a soft serve ice cream place, and be like, "Can I get a swirl on a cup?" Please? Oh, I know that. I know that's it's a common thing to get. I like it personally. I no, uh, so I want your beef. I I like it, but I don't know if you could say that is like on par as a flavor. Like that is definitively a specific flavor, just like you'd say mint chocolate chip is, or just like you'd you'd say uh, cookies and cream or whatever. I don't know. I'll say this. The only place that I would order a, a swirl is at Fenway Park in the, into those little helmets. Oh, in the little helmets? Yeah. I mean, that yeah, is... Yeah, but then you got to put, like, the Oreo pieces yeah, on it so then, then it's, like, actually... Yeah, and jack up the price. Yeah, that's <laughs> So, but, you know, Ryan, I, I appreciate the effort. Um, ice cream had to happen at some point for Mount Rushmore's. Uh, who's got next week? Is it you, Zach? Is it back to you? No, I just did last week, No, Zach did last week. Oh, that's right. Oh, so it's, it's me. All right. <laughs> Can't wait to absolutely just crap on your list. Hey, Zach, crap on your list a lot more than I did. So if you're gonna be mad at anyone, uh, you know, redirect your hate. I gave you, I, I gave you hate for one thing. Yeah, but I just backed him up on. Uh, yeah, you got him on the flavor. swirl, but you know, I just, Still I just thanked list. him for his effort. Good effort. Average effort. <laughs> well. Those were Mount Rushmore's. Tough crowd, Ryan. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I yeah. gave you your own hotline, though. It is, 
It is the Dunkin' oh, Donuts. So and it's only going to be, it's only, you're only going to call it the Mary Lou's hotline when I call in? Yeah. Ah, okay. If Nick if Nick calls in, it's not even a hotline. It's like, hey, nah, it's Honeydew. Who's the? Yeah, it's Honeydew, <laughs> Honeydew hotline. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean Nick's not gonna get the good treatment. He'll be served as oh, as he's deserved. not gonna get the good treatment. Oh, is that so? What happened uh, a couple weeks ago? Well, see, I didn't know he was even gonna call in when I when I first heard the phone. Uh, I thought it was you, and then I realized it was him. I didn't know you, if it. If you wanted me to just kick him off, I would have just kicked him off, but you never said anything. So, I don't know. Oof. Makes you think. Sad. It does make you think. We won't let that happen again, though. Um, I'll just boot Nick. Like, literally, like, the second you're like, hey, phone's not working, be like, nope, it's because Nick's on. Don't even say anything. Just boom, hang up. Just dropped. I got you. <laughs> Sir. Nah. Bueller. All right, fine. All right. That's not cool. No retupect. Retuspect. No All right, can we put this out as a poll, too? Is it retupect, like it says on every jersey and every <laughs> yep, shirt, we can T-shirt and everything, or is it retuspect, which just sounds terrible and is not correct at all? Yeah, let, us, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but... Ryan, again, thank you for the Mount Rushmores, and thank you for hopping on for the second half of this show. Always a pleasure when we have everyone talking here on the show, got everybody giving their takes. Got you. And, uh, yeah, I wanted to bring back Mortal Locks. It didn't happen this week, so hopefully it happens next oh, week. Oh, I oh wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got one for Real you. quick, yeah, Mortal Locks. DC lock Defenders, it. minus one and a half on the Vipers. Lock Number it 18, in. Uh, what? Ryan? Hello? Mortal Lock it. Hello. He had taken Iowa tonight. Yep. Minus nine and a half. I mean, plus nine and a half. Plus eight and a half. Plus eight and a half. Oh my God! The are they they at home or no? They're at Michigan State. Oh, they're on the road. They're gonna gonna get spanked. Honestly, I like Michigan State. Yeah. Ryan, you gotta find me if CJ Frederick's playing. Because if if he's playing, then maybe I like Iowa. But man, 